This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. All right, and welcome to it. Good to have you along for another edition of the show today. Welcome to all our friends and listeners in Calgary and Edmonton and Vancouver. It's going to be another hour filled with uh, information that is necessary, especially in this climate. Lior Samfiru, of course, is here, the uh, co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. You want to reach out to Lior and his team. That's really simple. When we're not on air, it's... uh, Really, really easy. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The number help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website you want to go to even before the phone call. So much employment law information to be had there, as well as the severance pay calculator, which we will, I'm sure, be referring to a couple times tonight, at least this afternoon. And that is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But here and now, as you know, your calls make the show that much better. So call in. It's toll-free. You've got questions. It could be still vaccination questions, questions about mandated vaccines. Can you go back to work? Can your boss? Can your employer change your job because of COVID-19? Or maybe it's a good old-fashioned severance question. Don't worry. Bring it on. Answers are here. Let's get it happening. one 877 Three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight again one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. That's how we're going to go on the show today as well. Legal concepts that every employee must know. Again, utmost importance with all this content. So we're going to get through it piece by piece. So here we go. A week that was though, pal. What do you got? Well, John, it's uh, Sunday afternoon, so it means it's time to roll up uh, our sleeves and and get you into bet. it and get answering and. Hopefully educating as many people as possible about employment law. So if you have a job, and I know you do, or you have questions about that job, maybe things are not going just uh, the way you want them to, well, what can you do about it? Should you do something about it? What are your rights? No need to wonder. Just call us right now. I'll tell you. I'll answer the questions. I'll tell you what you need to know, and I'll tell you what to do. So don't just sit there you know, being stressed out over it, maybe trying to uh, Google your, your solutions. No. Call us right now. I will tell you what you need to know. Whatever the workplace issue is, maybe you're being mistreated, bullied, harassed in the workplace. Maybe you lost your job and you want to know, can that even happen? You're staring at that severance letter. Whatever that issue is. By the way, there's a lot of other people I'm sure that are struggling with that issue. When you call us, you'll be helping them as well. And of course, if you want to have a private chat with me, something that we say here on the show this afternoon uh, reminds you of something or triggers another question that you have, We'll give you that contact information so you can reach out to me privately. But now that we know what we're here to do, let me start off, John. Week there was a couple situations that came across my desk. I spoke uh, early in the week with a gentleman who very recently uh, lost his job because he chose not to be uh, vaccinated. He worked for a car dealership. Uh, That car dealership said, no, uh, if you're not vaccinated, you're out of here. He Mm. didn't get vaccinated. They let him go. Now, when he was let go, he got a record of employment from his employer, an ROE, saying that he was terminated for cause. He applied for EI and got rejected. And he called me wanting to know, how do I qualify for EI? Well, my first answer to him was, well, not so fast. Let's focus about one other thing first before we even talk about EI. And that is this issue of severance. Now, John, this gentleman had worked uh, in in sales at the car dealership for some 10 years, just shy of 10 years. So that means now that he was let go, he was owed severance. 
and that severance for him is right around a year's pay. The guy made pretty good money. A year's pay for him is a significant amount. And why is he owed severance? Well, he's owed severance because for most people, if you're let go because you chose not to be vaccinated, that is a termination without cause. It's not a termination for cause. It's a termination without cause, meaning your employer has to pay you severance. Depending on the usual factors, that can be as much as 24 months pay. For him, it was 12 months. So that's the first thing. Before we even talk about EI, he is owed severance. He had no clue. He just assumed he was owed nothing. He just wanted to qualify for EI. But then we can focus on EI. Because it's a without cause termination, he absolutely should be getting EI. But to get EI, he needs a proper record of employment that says that he was terminated without cause. So I'm now going to get involved to do two things. Number one, to get him his severance, which is as much as 12 months pay for him. And number two, to get him his record of employment so he can qualify for EI. Now, this is an important matter to tell you about because you may have the same situation. If you are let go, ultimately, it's a without cause termination, regardless of what your employer may say or think. Because it's a without cause termination, you are owed severance, significant amount of severance. You also should be getting a proper record record of employment that allows you to qualify for EI. So if you didn't get severance, if you didn't get a proper record of employment, you have to give me a call. Let's talk about that right away. I'll help you. Make sure you get everything you need. Again, to call in now here to the uh, to the station and uh, have your questions, get them answered toll free one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Continue. What else you got going on for today, pal? Well, the other matter, John, I'll tell you about is uh, mm-hmm. a very different matter. I spoke with a very very nice uh, lady in her sixties who uh, had been working in, as a teacher at a private school for some ten years. Uh, ten years. And every year she signs a new contract to work from September the 1st until yep. end of June te- teaching in this private school. Math teacher, uh, nicest lady you'll ever meet in your life. Well, this past uh, summer, uh, she was waiting as usual for her contract, never got it, contacted the uh, the uh, school principal uh, saying, what's going on, where's my... Uh, uh, my contract never even got the courtesy of a response. Nothing. Wow. Zero. Completely ignoring her. Uh, and fast forward, eventually she decided, the daughter encouraged her to call me and understand what her rights are. Now, it's possible, John, that the school thought they don't owe her anything because she was on a contract that expired uh, this past June. So they thought, well, we're just not going to give her a new contract. Not so fast. You know this, and hopefully our regular listeners know that she's not really on contract. Really what happens is once you sign three or more contracts, those contracts become meaningless. What I mean by that is that she's now an indefinite employee. Despite the fact that she signed a contract, because now it's been 10 contracts, way more than three, she's an indefinite employee. So what happened now that her school decided not to bring her back that's a termination. And, of course, severance has to be paid. Yeah. She's not on contract. She is owed severance. And I'm going to help her get that severance. So about 14 months is what I assess her as being owed. And she's going to get that severance. So this is an important reminder for anyone that keeps signing contracts. You know, usually up to three, you're okay. Three or more, they become meaningless. So that means if at some point 
you're not brought back, the contract quote-unquote ends, you're terminated, whatever the word is, you're going to be owed severance. This is very common in private schools, by the way. It's common in other industries as well. So important to remember, don't assume just, just because you signed a contract that expired that you're not owed severance. In many, many of these cases, you're going to be owed your full severance. That could be as much as two years' pay. I know you've talked to and we've had people on various shows across the country over the last decade that we've been doing this. So people phone in some, you know, 10, 20, 30 years of signing a new contract every year. And you say the same thing. It's no longer a, a matter for employment. They are indefinite employees. Can a uh, can an employer skirt the issue if they change significant things in the contract year to year or every couple of years? Or that doesn't matter either. Well, if you negotiate a brand new contract every year, there's back and mm-hmm. forth, it's uncertain whether or not you're going to get a contract, then sure, it's fine. But it, it, then you are on contract. But if it's simply one of those things, you just, you're sent a piece of paper, you sign it, and you just continue working, it's just one of those formality things, which is the case for most people, then those contracts are meaningless. Uh, and for her, again, she didn't even look. She knew what she was getting paid. It was the same. She signed the dotted yeah. line, sent it over, and just continued working. No way she, uh, is she on contract. She's an indefinite employee, so now they have to pay her. And welcome back. Uh, good to have you along on the show today. You want to reach out to any time when the show's not on air. Going to give you some options. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Email address pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. An amazing website, free, anonymous, built with all things employment law, including the severance pay calculator. And then, as uh, Lior's mentioned a few times, to reach out for a more lengthy and private conversation with uh, Lior, member of his team, it's simple, one 855 But here and now to call the radio station, get some quick answers to your questions. Again, as Lior said, so many people probably have the same questions scratching their head about vaccine mandates and everything else. That is still a, uh, a question that is lurking on the phone lines nonstop every day. Lior, that number, toll-free, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. As always, calls are top priority. Before we get to our topic of the day, in that regard, Diane, thank you for uh, for hanging on and thank you for your time. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, my question has to do with the uh, vaccine mandates. I work mm-hmm. for the city of Vancouver, and I'm a union employee. And both of them are pushing for man for vac- a mandatory vaccination. So I was wondering. Um, can they even ask me my personal medical treatment history under the Privacy Act? Am I not protected not to have to reveal that? Unfortunately, you're, you're not. What's protected is the, the fact that they can't disclose it, make it public, but not in this particular situation. The bigger problem here is what you said about your union, and that is yes. there, there's many things that the union can do here to help you, but if it chose not to, right. then there's not much that, that you can do because as a unionized employee, the only one allowed to help you is the union. And if the union won't, then that actually leaves you, and I really hate saying this, but it leaves you with really no options. That's the, the concern. That's the issue with being unionized, Diane. So that's as good as it gets? Unfortunately, there will be things that can be done in a non-union environment, absolutely. It could be a wrongful dismissal, constructive dismissal, human rights. But in a, in a situation where you're unionized, it must be the union. There's just no other options or, or exceptions. So if if I refuse to take the vaccine, then that's it? I'm out of a job? Unfortunately, if your employer chooses to let you go, you will be out of a job, and you won't be able to fight it because the only one allowed to fight it is your union. Okay, thanks a lot. 
Thank you, Diane. You could, uh, you know, you can hear the disappointment in her voice, and this happens so many times, Leor, when we get calls from unionized employees where the, you know, the. Uh, the job comes with some pretty robust things as far as benefits and so on and so forth and seniority, but that uh, you know that big elephant in the room is that 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 time you get let go, and they learn about severance or lack of severance or stuff like vaccine mandates. It's kind of crushing, you know what I mean? Well, the, the problem you know with being unionized is that the union gets to decide what rights they're going to enforce and what rights they're not going to enforce. Mm-hmm. You, as an employee, don't get to make that decision. And for for people right now. That, that are losing their job, that obviously is a huge concern. Yeah. I'm you know, representing hundreds of people across Canada right now that lost their jobs, but I can't do that with unionized employees. No lawyer can and must be the union. And so I, I encourage you to talk to your union, try to push them and convince them, because beyond that, as, as, uh, you know, as shocking as that may sound to many people, for unionized employees, there's no other options. Again, like Diane, call in, get some quick answers, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, you want to find out knowledge is key, right? one 9898 Got lots of time today to make that phone call. But uh, let's get into this in between the calls, uh, et cetera, legal concepts that every employee must know. We're just going to start right here with number one. And a lot of these are going to be surprising to people if it's their first time listening to the show. And maybe even if they've been listening for years, they might know some of these. But uh, we'll get into it, Leo. Our first one is the law can't stop your employer from doing something. That's very, very important. That's kind of the basis of, of employment law is that the right. law can only deal in compensation. To, to try to uh, make it up to you if your employer does something it's not supposed to do. In most cases, in almost every case, the law can't actually prevent your employer from doing something, even if that something is otherwise illegal. Uh, there's no way to prevent that. And for example, you know, one of the main questions I've been getting recently is, can my employer fire me for not vaccinating? Or can my employer demand that I, I provide answers? Well, that's not the right question, because if your employer is saying that they, they'll fire you, there's no way to stop that. I can tell you that that's illegal, and it may be, but there's no way to stop that. What will happen is if you're let go, you're going to be owed compensation, and the law is going to come in and say, well, wait a second. You let the employee not, you go, so now compensation has to be paid. Now, for many people, that may not be the thing that they want. They want to prevent the wrong from happening. Unfortunately, there's no legal mechanism to prevent something from being done. The law can't restrain an employer. So you have to ultimately make the decision. Are you willing, if you're not vaccinated, for example, are you willing to lose your job? Because you will lose your job. You'll be owed compensation, but you will lose it. So don't think in terms of legal or not. Think in terms of how am I going to respond if, in fact, the wrong does happen to me. So the law can't prevent your employer from doing something. Legal concepts every employee must know. Number two, this is uh, we use this in the employment law sphere, but it's good for everyday life, and that is if it's not in writing, man, it doesn't exist. It's so important to have things in writing. A he said, she said scenario is never productive. It's never uh, useful, and it's just not a good idea. So what I mean by that is if your employer does or says something to you and you think, my gosh, I wish I had that in writing uh, because Uh they're going to deny it later. Well, get it in writing by sending it to your employer yourself. Send an email, a text message confirming what what was happening. If you if your employer uh, gives you a threat, if your employer mis- mistreats you in any way, make sure that you create that written record. Everything has to be in writing. If you're harassed, mistreated, bullied, 
Again, create that written record. Don't ever assume that someone is going to admit that they did something or said something. It's up to you to create that record. It's not hard to do. And if you have that, that's going to win the day every day. So if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist, get it in writing. Bounce over to a call here before we uh, break in a couple minutes. Beck, hi there. How are you? Hi. I work for Skip the Dishes. We are considered subcontractors. However, the way they do their, I guess, bonus structure or pay structure uh, really makes me think that we may actually be more like an employee than a subcontractor uh, just because of, I think, how they, they operate and the expectations. Is How do we kind of figure figure out what our rights might be if, if we are actually uh, kind of in a gray area of being more of an employee and less of a subcontractor? So you may well be an employee. Uh, you may have heard of the big uh, class action going on against Uber right now for exactly this issue. I'm, I'm the lawyer that, that's doing that class action, so I'm very familiar and, and with this issue. It's very close to my heart, but... Here's what this means for you. If, in fact, you feel that you've been misclassified or that you wrote something, you have two options. Uh, option number one is you can file a complaint uh, against, I guess it's uh, your, your, your employer, Skip the Dishes, with the, uh, the employment standards, with the, the, the Ministry of Labor in your province. And they'll come in, and if they assess you as being an employee, then they'll order uh, the company to pay you. The other option is you can start legal action against them in, in the court system. Uh, so you ultimately have to decide, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to potentially risk your job and kind of sour that relationship? But here's the other thing that may happen is if and when that uh, Uber class action is resolved in favor of the drivers, I think all the other companies are going to fall in line. You know, the, uh, the skip the dishes of the world, etc. So you may have that. You may find that happening. That may take a while still. But that may well be the case. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. So thank you very much for, for clarifying. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely considering filing a complaint uh, already. Okay. Yeah, welcome back to it. That's exactly right. We are uh, here and ready for your calls and questions toll free. Uh, 1-877-399-9898. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And you can always head to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website, for more information anytime. In between the calls, we're going to continue going down our list of legal concepts that every employee must know. Number three, there is no such thing, no such thing as job security. How about that one? Yeah, it's important to remember that your employer is able to let you go at any time and, and pretty much for any reason so long as severance is paid. So you may be a great employee and a long service employee, the most senior person in your uh, in your department, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you're secure. It doesn't mean that you have job security only because your employer can choose to make a change. And you may think it's unfair, and I agree with you. It's unfair, but the question is, is it illegal? And it's not. Your employer can let you go if you, uh, as long as they pay severance. Now, you've heard this term wrongful dismissal, I'm sure. Yep. Well, a wrongful dismissal is not about whether or not the company was right to let you go. A wrongful dismissal really is about severance. If you've been let go without proper severance, without your full severance, you've been wrongfully dismissed. 
Now that is an extremely common thing, happens 90% of the time when someone loses their job. But oftentimes, John, when someone calls me, they're not calling about severance, they're calling because, understandably, they're upset that they were let go. They don't think that that was justified, they think that the company was not honest about the reasons, maybe there's ulterior motives, and they may be correct on all of those things. But from a legal standpoint, that can happen. So, in a non-union environment, non-union, there's no such thing as job security. There is, though, severance. And severance is not a week pay per, per year or two weeks. It could be as much as two years pay. So that's what the law provides. And again, reaching out any time to clarify any of this when the show's not uh, on the air, one 821 5900 Hey, Sean, thanks for standing by for a moment. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Thanks for uh, for taking the time this afternoon. What's uh, What's your concern? Um, I was working for a farm, and the second farm made me offer. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, made me offer back in spring, and I couldn't leave my first job, so I started working for both of them. And um, here recently, about a week, ten days ago, they um, since things are slowed down in the farm, um, they made me offer, gave me a lot more responsibilities, and this and that, and even. And I said, well, I got problem with my transportation. Um, they said, no problem. We we got a farm truck. We have put insurance on it. While so while your truck being um, they repaired, you have um, transportation to come to work. And then a few days went by, and I I phoned, and this is about maybe a week week ago, ten days ago. And they said, well, um, the, the tone has changed. And they said, we call you if we need you. I haven't heard from them since. And how long did you work there for? I guess from mid spring. So the mid-spring, okay, and so you now can choose to treat this as a termination of employment. So you have really two options. Now, option one is wait and see what happens. Are they calling you back mm-hmm. or not? But the other option is right now, if you want, you can choose to treat this as a termination, which means they would owe you severance. So let me assess how much severance they would owe you. So you've worked there since since the spring. Uh, how old are you, Sean? I'm um, uh, 60. So they would likely owe you right around four months' pay. Uh, you know, what was your salary approximately? How much were were you earning? Um, it was hourly, um, minimum wage. There was a lot more, but I, this lady was a retired lady, and uh, um, I didn't feel comfortable charging her more. So I was I was okay with the minimum wage. Understood. So what they owe you is, you know, four, yeah, three to four months' pay is, is what they would owe you here. So, like I said, the two options are this. You wait and see and, you know, follow up and they right. call you back. You want to go back, you can. Or now you can choose to treat that as a termination of employment and pursue severance. If that is what you decide, if that's what okay. you want to do, let me know and connect with me okay. off air and we'll help you do that. Okay, one of the quick question. I didn't work full time. Sure. Does that change anything? Not at all, no. Your severance is going to be based on, on your earnings. So we can see what you made on average in a month since the spring. You know, if that's, I don't know, 2000 a month, I don't know, whatever that is, yeah. then that's the figure that's used to get your severance. Again, three to four months pay is what you're owed, Tron. Well, thanks a lot. That's a, that gives me an option to, to choose which one I want to do. Okay, thank you so much. You, you're more than, more than help. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Really, uh, really appreciate your uh, your call this afternoon. Well, that highlights so many things. Just having, and, and again, that's why we get these calls on the air. They they help everybody. Sean said it right there. It doesn't make a difference that I'm not full time. 
And that's a, that's a misbelief by a lot of people. They figure, oh, I'm not a full-time employee, I'm just part-time. We don't qualify for severance, right? Exactly. And, and that is completely false. That's a misconception, a myth that, that, that you know, is out there. So let me make it very clear. If you had a job and then you lost that job, you are owed severance. Full-time, part-time, senior, junior, uh, you know, $500,000 a year or minimum wage. If you had a job, you lost it, you are owed severance. It's as simple as that. And you, you touched on it, John, at the beginning of the show. Let me give that information right now. If you want to know how much severance you're owed in, in months or even in dollars, easy. Just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have our severance calculator there. I'll give you that again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. When you use the severance calculator, you can find out in seconds how much severance you are owed, whether you lost your job because of the vaccine, if you lost your job for any reason, uh, whether you've been there for 50 years or, or five weeks. Use that. It's free. It's anonymous. It's the best, easiest, fastest way to find out now how much severance you're owed. Or you can make like Sean and call us here for the remainder of the show, one 399 That's a good way to do that. But we'll get back to our list here, legal concepts that every employee must know. Next one is this. You have to assume that your severance offer is inadequate. No kidding. Hence the reason for the show 10 years ago. Yeah, John, you and I started doing this show many, many years ago. My gosh, I can't believe how long it's been. But yeah. the reason we started is because of that. Because people did not understand, did not know or, or, or even think about the fact that their severance is inadequate. Now, you have to assume that it is because in 90% of the time, and I'm being conservative, it's probably more, but in 90% of the time, when you're let go, regardless of the reason, you're staring at that severance package. That severance package says, we are offering you this much. That amount, 90% of the time, is a lot less, a lot less than what you're actually owed. I'm talking about the fact that it could be 10%, 30% of what you're owed. So you have to assume that because if you assume that, you'll do the right thing, which is go to use the severance calculator. Okay, I just told you about it. Call me at the office. I'll tell you how much you're owed. You don't like me? Fine. If you think I don't, uh, I'm not a nice guy, that's okay. Go speak to another employment lawyer. But you have to find someone to talk to because your severance is inadequate. And once you sign that piece of paper, you're done. You can't change your mind. No. John, every single week I talk to people that heard the show after they've already signed. Right. And they send me their severance package, and, they, and I realize they're owed another eight or nine or ten months pay, and I have to tell them, you owed that, but I can't help you because you've accepted it. Please don't let that happen to you. It's not hard to get your proper severance. It doesn't take long. It's not complicated. But you got to pick up the phone and make the call. You have to always assume, if you lost your job, that your severance offer is inadequate. You know, a question for those who are just tuning in the show the last uh, couple of weeks, if they're, if they're new to the show, they're thinking, okay, then why, if, if it's so widespread, if the percentage is so high of these, you know, inadequate severance offers, why do employees or why do employers continue to do it? Well, there's two reasons. Reason number one is the employer itself may not be aware, may not realize how much they owe the employee. Happens all the time. They may think they only owe the employee six weeks when in fact they, in fact they owe them 12 months. It happens all the time. The other reason, and I think this one is very common, is the employer may hope that the employee doesn't know and that they'll be able to get away with it. And statistically speaking, they do get away with it often because employees may not realize. So. If an employer lets go of 10 people and all those 10 people are offered inadequate severance, 
it's probably likely that about eight of them are going to accept without even thinking about it because they don't yeah. know any better. So it's good odds for the employer. But if you're listening to the show right now, you know better because I just told you. So you're not going to accept that severance offer. You're not going to be one of those people that accepts it and then realizes they're owed more. Call me. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Get what you're owed. And we'll get to, uh, right to the calls as we continue on here with the remainder of the show. And uh, got to thank uh, thank Peter for for hanging on for uh, for a moment there, Peter. Let me just get you on the line here of my computer screen would just like stop messing up there we go hey peter thanks for standing by how are you great how about you beauty what's on your mind well uh i'm an employer and i just wondered from an employer standpoint um with the new covid restrictions i've got outside sales reps that are required to go see customers and they're required to stay overnight in hotels and uh, they don't not required to eat at restaurants, but they mostly eat at restaurants, and they travel on ferries and airplanes and and you know all kinds of other ways of transportation. So, what happens when your sales rep can no longer do his job? He can't That's go a very on an airplane. Yeah, okay. and they can't. They may not be able to visit a customer or something because the customer says you have to be vaccinated. So here's how this yep. works: if the person can't do their job because of some third party, uh, you know, the, the customer, etc., and if because of that they can't do the job, then you are able to, if you want, to terminate them and you won't have to pay severance or you could put them on a, on a leave of absence. That's very different than you deciding, saying, well, I don't want you working here if you're not vaccinated, so I'm letting you go. In that case, you would have to pay them severance and that could be significant. But if it's not you making the decision, it's others kind of making it impossible for you to continue employing them, that's very different. We refer to that as frustration of contract. So that gives you flexibility to let uh, the person go or to put them on a, on a leave of absence. But you have to make sure that that is in fact the case, that there's no possibility for them to do their job unless they're vaccinated. If you're sure about that, then you're, you're able to do it. So is there any ramifications to us or liability to us sending in an unvaccinated sales rep in to see customers unannounced, like not not telling customers that he's not vaccinated, not letting customers know in advance that an unvaccinated person is going to walk into their place? So you don't have any obligation to say anything to the customer unless the customer has said, we are not going to allow someone here unless they're vaccinated. If they've said that yeah. to you, they've made it known, then you should absolutely not send someone that's not vaccinated. Yes, you may have liability. But if they haven't said that, you have no obligation to, to say to, to inform them and you wouldn't have any liability in that situation. So it comes down to what have they told you, what rules have they implemented and advised you of. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate the uh, phone call and the time this afternoon moving down the line to, uh, to Steve. Hi, Steve. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hey, great. Hi, guys. Uh, Beauty, what's, uh, what's going on? A question regarding, like, uh, health issues, which I have, and to some degree may lead to a leave of absence. Um, is a leave of absence, uh, regardless of an issue, an allowable thing by an employer? I've been employed for about 12 years, the same place, you know, full-time, Monday to Friday, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking to get a leave of absence for a year. Um, is that something that I should be granted? Well, here's the thing, uh, Steve. If you have a doctor's note saying you have to be off for medical reasons, 
there's no choice. Your employer has no choice in the matter. They don't have yeah. a say. They can't question it. They have to give you that leave, whether it's for a day, for a month, for a year, whatever it is your doctor decides. But yeah. ultimately, it can't be you saying, hey, I need this. It has to be your doctor saying that you do. Yeah. As long as you so have I that doctor's note, then that's all you need. I couldn't go to them and say, look, I, I just need a year off to, to figure stuff out without a doctor's note. They don't have to grant me that. They don't have to. I mean, they may choose yeah. to, but they yeah. absolutely don't have to, to, to get you even you know a few days off in that situation uh, yeah. because it's not mandated by a doctor. They may do it. They yeah. may be say, sure, we love you. Take that time that you need, but yeah, they don't have enough. to. With the doctor's I, note, they have to. So, yeah, I could come in and then... Now, does it have to be a chiropractor or a medical doctor? Is that a medical a doctor? Yeah, because I be have a, a chiropractic doctor, doctor that because uh, that's part of my issue is with my bones and joints, right? So, can he so sign he, off on that as well? Or no, no, it has to be a medical doctor. So, talk to your family doctor about it. Maybe tell your family doctor what your chiropractor said, and if your doctor agrees that you need to be off, he'll give you a note. And by the yeah. way, the note doesn't have to be for a year. It could just be you'll be off until the doctor says otherwise. You can leave it open-ended, and then your yeah. doctor can assess as you move forward, but it has to come from a medical doctor. Yeah, and then in terms of, I guess, whatever sick days time I have left over, I use that up, and then that's up to me to, to fend for myself when my sick days run out. Well, there's uh, EI sick benefits that you, you can apply for. If your okay. employer has a short-term or a long-term disability plan, you can apply for that. But yeah, if they yeah. don't, then, then there's uh, EI benefits that would be available to you. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend working on down the line. Gary, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Thank you. Good, mate. Yourself? Good. What's on your mind? Okay, I, I know I know time's short, but um, I'm, I'm working in marine construction. I work through a power driving asset uh, union. And a um, buddy of mine, uh, about four years ago, he had an accident. Uh, sent him here and um, it flipped him. Uh, he was caught in the bite of a rope, if you know what that means. Um, the rope slipped off his point and it flipped him into his legs, flipped him up into the air, and about 12 foot down it was a punt in the boat, and he landed on the punt. And he sustained some serious damage, okay? So anyway, uh, broken, uh, broken sternum, so a broken forearm, um, I think he had some some ribs as well. But cut a long story short, he was off work for about eleven uh, a year and a half. I was working it now. I'm working with him as of even last week, right? But the thing is, that he's feeling all of this pain now. And I just said to him, "Well, why didn't you go to the, you know, get it all checked out?" He said, "All he got paid out was ten thousand dollars, which I thought was pretty minimal compared to what the pain he was going through." And he had other friends who had less who had um, less um, injuries get paid like three or four times as much as what he had. Um, now I'm a little, a little worried about. I mean, I, I said to him, there must be a recourse. This, this can't be a, like. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you must be able to have some sort of a recourse to come back on what, what I feel was a minimal payout by WCB for the injuries that he sustained, because he's feeling the pain now, and I'm thinking something's wrong here. So I don't know what does he does. He have any recourse? Can he re, can they well, reopen can, files? He, he can appeal the WCB decision. Obviously, I don't know what his injuries were. I don't know what the yeah. decision the WCB made and why, but there's a process to appeal the WCB decision, and if he feels that, that that's not appropriate, uh, that's the only recourse that he has. Uh, and, you know, if, if there's any problems with going back to work, then he should talk to his union about it. But appealing the WCB uh, decision is the only decision that he can, or only option he has to try to get additional compensation. 
Got to get one more quick one in here before we wrap for the day. Dave, that would be you. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hey there, I'm good. I have a quick good. question with regards to um, nurses. So I know that uh, you can't basically sue your employer, which is AHS because I'm calling from Alberta. But what about bringing a human rights violation against uh, the union and suing the union for forcing a medical procedure um, and, uh, you know, terminating the job, essentially? So that's not really possible. Uh, You can't sue the union in this situation. The only recourse that you may have uh, uh, is, or or the, the, the nurse may have, is to uh, do a duty of fair representation complaint against her union if her union is not supporting her. That's really the only recourse in a unionized environment. Uh, if, if AHS uh, saying, yes, you have to get vaccinated, the union says, we're going to look the other way and we're fine with it, then filing a complaint uh, against the union with the labor board uh, duty of fair representation is the only recourse. Anything else, any other legal action is just not going to be available or, or possible uh, in these circumstances. Okay, and the human rights violation is a no-go? No, it really isn't a possibility here either. It's not going to be a possible, really just the duty of fair representation to try to get the union to enforce the employee's right and pursue their rights and, and to fight for the employee's job. Dave, appreciate the call, but we got a slide for today. We'll join you again next week. And in the meantime, call Lior, that number, one eight five five eight two one. 5900. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any other time, the website you need, it's right there, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.